and welcome to this special edition of Hard Money. I'm Natalie Brunel. We are so excited to be recording the episode live from Bitcoin Amsterdam, where some of the most prominent names in Bitcoin have gathered this week to talk about Bitcoin and lightning adoption and the growing ecosystem of companies innovating in the space. Help us grow this show and get the most important pieces of Bitcoin and economic news out to a wider audience by hitting like on this video and subscribing to the Hard Money Show page so you never miss any content. All right, let's get into it. Lots to cover this week, starting with the latest CPI print, which was released today. Inflation in the U.S. eased slightly in September to 8.2 percent, but underlying prices, excluding energy and food, accelerated to a new four-decade high. And core CPI, which Jay Powell is closely tracking, ticked up to 6.6 percent. Overall CPI is down from August, but gas, utilities, transportation, shelter, and medical care are some of the categories that saw higher year-over-year percent increases. Stocks immediately traded down after the CPI print was released, but sharply rebounded at the end of the day well into the green. Analysts are expecting more choppiness and volatility in the coming weeks, with investors widely expecting another 75 basis point rate increase from the Fed in November. Now, as the Fed continues its relentless rate hikes, both U.S. capital markets and Treasury bonds are having some of their worst years on record. The S&P 500 is down about 24 percent this year, the fourth worst year on record and the worst since 2002. Meanwhile, the Nasdaq, which has typically had a strong correlation to Bitcoin's price, is down more than 32 percent. And taking a look at Treasuries, the two and 10 year U.S. bond yields advanced to two week highs earlier this week, while the 30 year reached its highest level since 2014 as traders priced in the chances for even more interest rate hikes. Rapid depreciation of liquidity in the Treasury markets is becoming a growing problem for the Fed, and Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is doing an about-face after stating publicly she didn't think it was becoming an issue. Only 24 hours after saying the markets continued to function well, she's now, quote, concerned about the loss of adequate liquidity in markets. So why hasn't the system, quote unquote, broken yet, like so many analysts forecast? I discussed how markets could unravel and the rate hikes and liquidity issues on the latest episode of Coin Stories featuring Lawrence Lepard, brought to you in part by Swan. Here's a clip from that conversation. The interest rate goes higher. The deficit gets bigger. You got to issue more debt. Issuing more debt makes the interest rate go higher still. The deficit gets bigger still. And this is this is Hemingway's, you know, subtly and then all at once. And that was what was happening in England. And that's going to happen here. And in my speech at the New York Gun Show, I'm going to lay that out. I mean, I am calling the shot. This is this is a Michael Burry moment. We are in the next I think in the next 18 months, we are going to see the United States experience a full fledged currency crisis. And when it does, the Fed is going to have to come back in and they're going to have to say, damn the inflation. We're keeping these markets running. We will do whatever it takes. Meanwhile, J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon warned that the U.S. will likely fall into recession in 2023, although most analysts believe we are already in a recession. Dimon says that persistent inflation, rising interest rates, and the ongoing war in Ukraine are the three biggest factors hurting economies. Dimon also said that the war in Ukraine will likely have the biggest impact on how long the recession lasts. Here in Europe, the EU has issued more restrictions when it comes to sending cryptocurrencies to wallets based in Russia as officials tighten sanctions over Russia's invasion of Ukraine. 
The ban is an extension of a measure put in place in February when crypto payments of more than 10,000 euros would be banned. This new measure now bans any amount of money being sent to Russian wallets. European Union officials said the crackdown was because the 10,000 euro cap was not doing enough to curb payments. It's still unclear how much of an impact this could have as critics argue that crypto payments could easily be sent to a third party wallet and then distributed to an account in Russia. Well, once the money printer turns on, it's almost impossible to turn off, right? The Bank of England announced earlier this week that it will take additional quantitative easing measures to prop up the gilt market. Officials say it's to ensure financial stability in the UK. If you recall, back on September 28th, the Bank of England announced a two-week emergency purchase program for UK government bonds known as gilts to restore order in the market and protect pension funds from imminent collapse. The new measures will allow the bank to print more money to buy up even more bonds. They anticipate offering to buy up 320 billion euros of bond purchases during the two-week emergency order. Billionaire Paul Tudor Jones recently appeared on CNBC, and he talked about a number of issues from monetary policy to inflation to Bitcoin. He said he still has a, quote, minor investment in Bitcoin after allocating 1% to 2% of his portfolio back in 2020. Jones said he believes Bitcoin will have a much higher price in the future due to all the economic uncertainty in the global markets. Listen to what he had to say. In a time when there's too much money, which is why we have inflation, and too much fiscal spending. Something like crypto, specifically Bitcoin and Ethereum, where there's a finite amount of that, that will have value at some point, someday. I don't know when that will be, but it will have value. That scares And the pre- value at a, a much higher number than where we are today. Oh, I think so, yeah. And here's a big story for Bitcoin. The Financial Accounting Standards Board met Wednesday and issued a statement that Michael Saylor is calling a major milestone on the road to institutional adoption. According to the Wall Street Journal, the board said companies should use fair value accounting for measuring Bitcoin holdings, which allows them to recognize losses and gains immediately as with other financial assets. Previously, in lieu of standardized accounting rules for digital assets, businesses classified these holdings as intangible assets, which led to a disconnect between reported book value and fair market value of these assets over time due to short-term price volatility. The Bitcoin mining difficulty soared to yet another all-time high. The difficulty adjustment or the complexity that miners must overcome to solve valid blocks has increased by 13.5% since the last adjustment two weeks prior. This is incredibly bullish for Bitcoin. It shows that despite a falling price, miners are still finding there is enough profit margin in mining. The increased difficulty adjustment also shows that the network is becoming more and more secure. PayPal is now backtracking from a controversial policy that sparked intense backlash on social media. Over the weekend, customers reported that PayPal sent an updated terms of use policy that would have allowed the company to charge customers $2,500 if that customer was knowingly spreading misinformation. The company issued a statement Monday that the message was sent as an error and PayPal no longer plans to charge customers. This is likely because immediately after the news broke of the potential policy, boycott PayPal started to trend and Google searches for how do I cancel PayPal or how do I delete PayPal started to skyrocket. Many people are not buying PayPal's message that the email was sent in error. Caitlin Long has announced a new filing in her company's lawsuit against the Federal Reserve on the heels of an announcement that the Bank of New York Mellon is now custodying Bitcoin. Here's her assessment of the situation. I am about to make some news. You will see a filing 
from my company in that lawsuit pertaining to the announcement this morning because the Federal Reserve filed filings last week talking about the risk to the financial system from crypto. And then today, a Federal Reserve supervised bank holding company enters crypto. We've been waiting for two and a half years to do that. And look what the Fed actually said last week versus what it did today. And another big story this week, J.P. Morgan Chase Bank is canceling its relationship with Kanye West's company Yeezy, giving the rapper until November 21st to transfer funds to another institution. The decision follows controversial comments made by West, though no official explanation was given by the bank. All right, those are the latest Bitcoin and global economic headlines for the week. Coming up, we'll be sharing some interviews and highlights from Bitcoin Amsterdam, including an interview with Christian Corollis, managing director of Bitcoin Magazine, which helped put on this amazing event. And if you're not here, don't worry, you can join us in Miami in May 2023. We will be there. Head to b.tc slash conference for your tickets to Bitcoin 2023 and use the code HODL for 10% off. We'll be back after these messages. Are you interested in Bitcoin but don't know where to start? Fold is the easiest and most fun way to earn Bitcoin on everything you do. The Daily Wheel is free for everyone. You just open the app and spin for free Bitcoin. Seriously, there's no catch. And get the free Fold card to earn Bitcoin back on every purchase. Download the Fold app and get started today. Welcome back to Hard Money being shot here at Bitcoin Amsterdam. And joining me live is Christian Corollas, also known as CK, Managing Director of Bitcoin Magazine. CK, it's so nice to see you here in Amsterdam. Yeah, no, it's uh, great to see you. And I mean, it's electric here, so exciting. Okay, so tell us a little bit about this because a lot of people are familiar with Bitcoin Miami. That's the biggest Bitcoin conference in the world. Now you're hosting your first in Bitcoin Europe. I mean, tell us about why, how this came about. So uh, we started the Bitcoin conference in 2019 and it was in San Francisco, which is the Bay Area, which is where the first like big Bitcoin conference happened in 2013. The next place that there's another Bitcoin conference is 2014 in the Netherlands, in Amsterdam. Uh, so uh, we had a partner, uh, you know, really eager to work with us here. They're an amazing events company. And uh, we just couldn't say no to the opportunity to uh, go to Europe, which desperately needs Bitcoin and uh, bring a Bitcoin event there. And uh, I mean, <laughs> it's awesome. Like this is it, like the weather turned out. Uh, people are here. The speakers are amazing. Like it's it's really special. And I mean, the, it's the biggest event in Europe. Not quite as big as Bitcoin 2022, but uh, next year I think you know it can it can make a pretty strong run. So really excited. Well, there are a lot of people here. We're hearing that the numbers are around 3,000 attendees, which is huge for the first conference in Europe. Tell us about why it's so important to talk about Bitcoin adoption, especially here on this continent, but really globally. 
I mean, we can pivot a little bit to talking about energy and talking about the euro, but these are two elements of what's happening in Europe and European life that are really kind of falling apart for normal people. And guess like what Bitcoin does? Bitcoin is an energy currency that helps stabilize grids and it has a sound monetary policy that can't be messed with by the likes of the ECB. So all of a sudden, like the core value props of Bitcoin are very, very becoming very, very obvious in Europe. So it's a perfect time to make a stand. And frankly, there's a lot of attacks on Bitcoin here in Europe as well. Uh, there's a recent uh, KYC AML law, which is very, very intrusive and almost impossible to actually, uh, you know, put the law into practice that is making its way through European Parliament. And I think that's a big sign that, hey, Bitcoiners here need to make a stand. They need to show the world that Bitcoin is real, that the Bitcoin community is real, and that, you know, Bitcoin is something that can help. Uh, so I think it's really important. Well, it's been so exciting to meet people who have wanted to come out maybe to Bitcoin Miami, but they couldn't make it. And now they get to mingle, meet other Bitcoiners here. Why is it important to have an event like this, especially during a bear market? Well, I mean, for the real Bitcoiners out there, there's nothing better than a bear market event. It's only enthusiasts and people who are really serious about it. And it just has like a much higher signal kind of vibe. Uh, everyone you see is either in the industry or making their way in the industry or really passionate about Bitcoin or interested in learning despite the price action. So uh, I think it just filters out and it brings you a group of people coming together that really, really, you know, want to coalesce around this technology. So uh, for anyone who's at Bitcoin, 2019 uh, a lot of them were that are here now are saying that this has a very similar vibe personally I think it's the production is much better but um, despite that you know it still has that same grassroots bear market conference vibe well for people that are at home maybe they didn't get a chance to attend this you can watch videos of the panels at Bitcoin magazine's YouTube page right what can what can people expect they may, that's maybe a little bit different from other conferences or what what are some of the panels so, I mean, uh, I think one of the big things that we wanted to do is we didn't want to just get the normal kind of road show. Uh, of course, a lot of the big time Bitcoin speakers and influencers are absolutely here. But we wanted to make a very strong point to bring on and give a, uh, a platform to European Bitcoiners, as well as host interesting conversations uh, with people that might not necessarily be super fond of Bitcoin. Maybe we can change their mind. Maybe we can at least hear what they have to say. But to kind of have this, uh, you know, uh, I guess a balanced kind of opinion on stage. So uh, really trying to just, you know, bring a European energy, bring as many European Bitcoiners as possible together. And I think that just, you know, looking at the type of conversations that are being had, uh, you can see what is important to Europeans. Well, so many interesting voices and companies that are out here. CK, thank you so much. What a great event. We want to show you more clips and highlights from Bitcoin Amsterdam coming up after the break.
it is really cool that uh, the Bitcoin conference uh, came to Amsterdam. I think it's a really, really cool spot. They got an amazing venue. We're having an amazing time at Bitcoin Amsterdam. Do just buy some Bitcoin and you're on the roller coaster. You feel it right away. Any Bitcoiner can tell you the price is volatile, which is why a much better indication of the network's strength and adoption is hash power. And if conference attendance is a proxy for human hash power, the European network is strong. I want to do something with Bitcoin. I'm good in events, so let's see if we can mix this up. Sebastian van Ern is an event planner and Dutch hodler who was determined to bring Europe's biggest conference to date to the Netherlands. I saw Bitcoin Magazine doing their thing in Miami and I thought, okay, I have to go there, connect with these guys and yeah, amazing guys. And that's, that's how it actually started. And how fitting for a country with such an important role in the history of money. More than 400 years after the Dutch Golden Age, when Amsterdam was home to the world's first company to issue stock, the Venice of the North welcomed more than 3,000 Bitcoiners to celebrate the soundest money ever invented. It's also great to see the, all the famous uh, Bitcoiners. Just the energy of Bitcoiners getting together just can't be missed. Author and speaker Knut Svanholm, who's well known for the meme Everything Divided by 21 Million, is originally from Sweden and now lives in Spain with his family. He believes Bitcoin is badly needed in Europe to transfer power from corrupt politicians to the plebs. There's no end point to how much people can cooperate and interact voluntarily and cons with consent with each other. And that power transfer is happening in real time. Bitcoin Amsterdam welcomed dozens of companies and business owners innovating in the space to drive adoption, including Lena Seihe of Germany, who's best known for creating The Little Hodler. That is the special Dutch girl edition. A comic series that shines a spotlight on the importance of having a low time preference with Bitcoin. It's the non-toxic, wholesome, snuggly side of Bitcoin. <laughs> there is a lot of toxicity and I know it's becoming a bigger topic and it's becoming a, a point of yeah, discussion for a lot of people. So Little Hodler doesn't judge you. Little Hodler just wants to make Bitcoin friendly and open and welcoming to you. For Lena and others, it's been inspiring to see how passionate European Bitcoiners are about orange-pilling their communities. And it's working. Adoption in Europe has grown so exponentially in recent years that 40% of crypto consumers here first bought digital assets in 2021, with the number one being, of course, Bitcoin. That You have these local communities that are very strong, very tight-knit. So the German-speaking community, for example, like it's a very strong community and it's huge. So there's a big, just German-only Bitcoin space out there, which is really cool. And you have these spaces all around Europe. There was a conference in France the other day. In the Czech Republic, a massive community that I didn't know existed. Wow. It's really cool. And who knows, Satoshi Nakamoto might have even hailed from this continent. You know, sometimes I think, Chancellor on the brink of second bailouts. Like, was Satoshi European, potentially? I mean, there's a lot of speculation, and has been for years, that he was from the UK. Uh, so it depends on who you ask. Europe's diverse group of holders and Bitcoin entrepreneurs made it a no-brainer for Bitcoin Magazine and Bitcoin Inc. to expand its massive conference footprint to Bitcoin Amsterdam. We're very interested in hearing like you know the stories and meeting real Europeans who are kind of in the hand-to-hand -hand combat. The European Bitcoiners maybe not in the libertarian kind of you know bucket uh, of of many of the kind of U.S. Bitcoiners. So it's a, it's a different flavor. But I think there's alignment on a lot of issues. And that means more work for people like Sebastian, who grew up planning events and feels it's one of the best ways to spread education about Bitcoin and help connect the people who want to make the world a better place through fixing the money.
I want to grow this event in five years, still 150,000 person, make it a week, organize like more than 100 side events because I really like the decentral aspect of Bitcoin and I want to, to, to create that vision as well in events. Zoom out and you'll see that if Bitcoin Amsterdam is any indication, Europe is on the early side of the Bitcoin conference adoption curve. that's a wrap for our special edition of hard money shot at bitcoin amsterdam it is so inspiring to see how quickly bitcoin is being adopted in europe and beyond make sure that you like this video and subscribe to the page so you never miss any hard money content we'll see you soon